everyone, and thank you for listening to Brain Foods, the podcast on women changemakers. I'm your host, Hannah Becker, and today I have the great pleasure to introduce you to Hannah Kleinings. Hannah is a former bar manager and assistant general manager who went tech. Hannah now works in customer success and growth at a really well-known AI company called Levitai. It's such a pleasure to have you today, Hannah. Welcome to Brain Fruits. Hi, thanks for having me. Always, always uh, love to talk about uh, how about AI and, and bartending. So let's dive right in. That is quite a mix, Hannah. Bartending and AI. You're currently um, heading customer success in an AI startup called Levitai. And you're focusing here really much uh, on democratizing AI and empowering small businesses to reap the benefits of technology. You do this through like a really simple, no coding approach. I'm not sure if you're using any cocktail mixes in there or how this no coding approach comes about. Um, and it really says that with Levitide that you don't need any technical skills to implement AI-driven processes in business. But first of all, I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself. Hannah, you started out as a bar manager, and now you help businesses to get rid of really boring tasks using AI. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your journey, and how you got interested to work with AI? How much time do you have? So <laughs> um, I'm Estonian by, uh, by birthright. Uh, and I think that has definitely played um, a lot into, into all of this uh, mix of career changes and moving from, from customer service to, to customer success. So uh, I don't know how much you or, or your listeners know about Estonia. We're a tiny, tiny country even though we're one square kilometer bigger than Denmark, um, but we are a digital nation. So we do have the most unicorns uh, per capita um, in the world. And there are certain digitalization practices that we're, we're born and raised with, and we take things very much for granted. Uh, I left Estonia when I, when I turned 18 uh, and I moved to China and I spent a couple of years traveling here and there and, and bar management and, and service was one of those jobs you can do anywhere if you have the passion um, and the right team to do it with. Um, but I did end up uh, starting a bachelor's degree in Copenhagen, actually in CBS. And during that time, I, I did an exchange semester in, in Shanghai as well. And I think that's where the AI uh, really kicked in, uh, where you go get to go to a country which is incredibly different um, from, from anything out there really, where the perspective on digitalization is really about empowerment rather than just being efficient. Uh, I think most of, most of the people already know about WeChat um, and, and Tencent and Alibaba and, and how they've been driving businesses through, uh, through digitalization. And I think that's where it really clicked for me of what, what AI can actually do for, for an everyday person and a, and a small business owner. I decided to stay in Denmark for a, for a while and continue with a, with a master's degree. And I also did a SEMS degree. And I ended up going on my exchange there to Dublin, which is a bit of a tech hub in, in Europe. So I got to meet a lot of different companies with a lot of different perspectives of how digitalization should work 
and I got to work with a lot of companies right during the brink of COVID times of moving to a digital workspace um, and, and improving digital health uh, in, in, in a workplace as well. So I think that was, uh, that was where things started to, to really, really twist for me and, and figuring out that technology and AI is definitely an area that I don't know much about, but I wanna get more into. So I found Levity uh, through the SEMS network, actually. One of the previous interns used to work, um, used to study with SEMS as well. Um, and now I'm here and, and talking to customers and, and helping them figuring out their, their automation dreams. I would be super curious because it is quite a jump. I mean, from starting out as a bar manager to getting interested into AI and Nowadays, um, I think a lot of our listeners would probably have to question, like, what helped you to find the courage to change your career from? Courage is a very big word. Um, so I'm a firm believer that all of us have more than one big passion in life. Um, and I think the love for service industry and bar management has, has incredibly deep roots in me. It's something about creating an experience. It's also doing something with your hands and creating an atmosphere. Um, but also in the bigger picture of things, it all comes really down to people and talking to people and, and getting to the root of it. Um, if anybody is ever considering a career in customer success or management consulting, customer service is a fantastic area to get to learn about people and how they work and how they develop grit day after day, um, what motivates them. Um, I always used to say in, when I was in uni that we, we tend to be incredibly detached in university settings of how <clears throat> things in real life really work. Um, and we read about different organizational theories and leadership theories and methodologies. But in an environment like, like running a bar or a kitchen, you can actually test some of these things out and see if they actually hold real value in, in the real world. But I think it's also about doing all of these and having room to make mistakes and, and having room to experiment with different teams, different projects, um, and, and figuring out what that great passion of, in your life is. One of them is, is for me being bartender, but the other one is, is technology. And I think it's in those senses, it's not that big of a jump to going from people to people. That's a, I think I like that Richelotta going from people to people. And as you say, not take everything at face value and really testing some of these uh, high stake theories that we get taught in, in university. And then you find yourself trying to implement uh, such in maybe a bar or a restaurant. And you think, oh, wow, this is probably much more difficult than what they, what they teach you in, in university now. Definitely. Getting to the challenge that we want to discuss today, there's still like a huge gender disparity in driving tech implementation in organizations. What's your experience with that? So when we're talking about my experience, at least at Levity, I've, I took a little look at the people I've had conversations in the past year about automation and AI driven processes. Um, and it's pretty safe to say that around 90% of the people I, I try to talk to or, or to, who try to out, like test new solutions are men and I don't think it's not because um, men are necessarily the process owners but I think it has something to do with this room for exploration and, and curiosity and having the mentality that it's okay to fail and it's okay to just go in and try things 
what I don't mean to say is that it's a gendered mindset that men are like this and women are like that, but I think it's the environment we create for ourselves at, at a workplace. Um, I had a call the other day with one of our users and, and she made a comment how rare it is to have three women in a, in a Zoomed call discussing machine learning and, and AI processes. I wish I had the answer to that, you know? It's, there, there is definitely a disparity, but it comes down to if it's, a, if it's a nature or nurture problem. Is this a institutionalized problem? Are there not enough women entering data science and machine learning fields? Mm. Is this a systematic reason or something else behind it? Or if it's more about the work environment we create for ourselves, where women who become process owners who drive these changes don't get the buy-in necessarily from, from executives. I think that's a great recommendation already also to think about um, what or which company to select when you when you are at a stake where you think maybe, okay, I want to change my career. What are the options out there? I want to work in tech. Um, what type? A lot of people go by, oh, what job title could I see myself doing? But that's just a title and it doesn't really mean anything. In the end, it comes down to what value can you can bring in what environment. And I love this uh, idea of nurturing is our like, is this environment going to give you the nurture that you need to be impactful, to create a drive value? Because it's always two things. Like, it's your internal power that you have innately, and then an environment being able to actually take that and get it out of you, right? So it's always like meeting the sweet spot between nurturing yourself and environment and being nurtured by by the environment how did you start to look for a career in in tech you mentioned the sense network so you were already like in a predefined setting but how did you approach that internally like what made you look up certain companies what got you going and what kept you going a very interesting question that doesn't have necessarily the most uh, PC answer. I got involved with a lot of different projects in my uni times, and a lot of these were focused on, on, on strategy and technology and, and how we actually utilize technology in our real, real world situation. And a lot of the academics um, that we covered and, and the literature we read was all about how we have to be in control of the tech and use these in, in the right right way that there's a magic silver bullet that's going to solve all our life problems and that necessarily didn't really resonate with me what uh, what did actually um sort of instill this self-confidence in me was one of the projects that we ran um together with a with a danish company and i i realized how frustrated i was getting by by you know this notion that people hate change um, and people who say that they don't hate change probably also hate change. It's a, it's a completely normal um, human reaction to, to changing occurrences. And I remember getting incredibly frustrated in trying to change certain behaviors or trying to get people to, to understand a certain technology. And then I realized that the frustration was, was only there because I genuinely cared. And I wouldn't have been so affected by this either positively or negatively if if there wasn't something there for me to explore and then just going down that rabbit hole and and getting into different webinars and reading different books about it um, ended up writing my master thesis about uh, leadership and how leadership changes in the era of, of artificial intelligence and what the expectations we have in this environment that we're creating in actually 
actually has. And that sort of um, confirmed that I've, I've found my place, at least for the time being. So Hannah, you were telling us about um, the approach you took to get involved into tech by a different project. Like, let's assume I wouldn't have the opportunity to get involved into so many projects. And you mentioned that you had this innate self-confidence that got you going to look for, for tech jobs. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you developed the self-confidence and what it is really that gets you to be so confident? There's there's this saying, and I know it sounds like a cliche, but um, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. And I think that's that's really, if you don't have the chance to to go and get involved in different projects or, or you know, in different group work or something similar, if you don't have a mentor network out there that, that you can join, then go and find one. Um, there's always resources out there and it's, it's really about your own drive. If this is something that you want to do, it's not gonna come, it's not gonna magically appear in front of you. You have to go and seek out those opportunities yourself. Now that said, self-confidence is this funny thing where even the most confident people still struggle with imposter syndrome. Even, even me on a day-to-day -day basis, sometimes these thoughts creep in is like, I don't belong here. I'm just the bartender. What am I doing talking about AI and no code? And I have no technical background whatsoever. And that is that comes down to how you frame these problems. Um, and and if, if you consider them a problem at all, I try to frame these types of things more in the lines of questions why am i feeling this way and how can i how can i work through this problem uh, of not belonging and mostly it comes down to having confidence in your knowledge or having confidence in your emotional intelligence and we all do possess that um, there is always somebody out there you can go and ask hey can we have a you seem like you have a fantastic career can i have 10 minutes of your time to pick your brain on on, on this or this topic that you're a specialist in. People are um, more than happy to always share their experiences. I know I am, and, and I've had people reach out to me in, in those senses. And there's always somebody out there who's gonna say yes. That's a great recommendation. Reaching out and uh, taking ownership over your own career path, I think is a really, really, really important aspect that we just have to realize that it's upon us to go ahead and, and seek what we want and not stop, even if we might not get lucky in the first in the first take. Looking where you are now, what is it that you wished you would have known or experienced earlier? You know, when we come down or back to the self-confidence thing, knowing that you're not alone. I read a study where 76% where of women have reported that they have had doubts about career changes or doubts about their skill sets. And I think that's, a, that's an astounding number. Whenever you feel scared to raise a hand during class and ask a question, there's a pretty good chance that somebody else wants to ask the same question. It's just about grabbing the bull by the horns, really. But I think knowing that whatever questions or doubts I have, that there, there are answers out there, it's, it's not a mystery would have definitely helped me, I think, 10 years ago when, uh, when I, was, I was in the middle of deciding whether I should go to university or not, um, and then opting to, opting to study something that I felt passionate about during that time, 
nowadays we have to stop having this idea about a fixed career path where you just start out as a doctor and you will necessarily always treat patients. Maybe you're not going to treat patients all the time. Maybe you're going to AI problems for, exactly. for some part of your career. And a lot of the jobs that that we have today, like customer success managers, they, they we didn't even have a term for this. We didn't have a department for this five years ago. So these are all these new types of jobs that are popping up. Who knows what's going to be out there in five years, in, in 10 years? The job that you might be incredibly passionate about might just not exist yet. Um, and I think that's a really, really exciting time to, to get involved in, in different projects. There's always an opportunity to do something different. And it's good to listen to other people's stories and see how they've actually changed their career. So I really like that we have the time today to sit down and having heard about your successful career change now what are some of the recommendations or the brain foods that you would like to share with our community of listeners definitely be curious uh, and i think it's not necessarily um uh, a thing for all women to go out there but i think it applies for everyone just be curious about about finding out what you don't know and and dive in but also stay true to yourself and and if you have a gut feeling that something is is making you spark and something makes you smile when you work on it go and and dive deep into it and as I said everybody I think has more than one passion in life and I think this diversity is is incredibly valuable and it's worth exploring but also have a voice wherever you go in into your workspace and create that nurturing environment around you or or have that as as at least as an evaluation criteria um, for for, for yourself, for your future. Um, and if you by any chance are ever in doubt and, and have imposter syndrome moments, there's a fantastic book uh, called uh, Humans, A Brief History of How We Fucked It All Up. <laughs> so if you ever feel bad about uh, or not knowledgeable enough, I highly recommend reading the book. Um, and it puts things a little bit more into perspective. That is a great recommendation. I have not heard about the book and I think I will definitely get that uh, for, for myself as well. Just to wrap it up, um, if there's someone that would be curious to get in touch with you, where can listeners find you? You can uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active there. Uh, you can always reach out to me, sending me a message. Uh, just let me know how you heard about me and I'll, I'll make sure to, to answer you in, in due time. Changing your career might just be what you need for 2022. 